Hey everyone, and welcome to the Devin Carroll Show. I'm your host, Devin, and this show is all about helping you get every dollar in Social Security benefits that you deserve. In today's show, we're talking about the debt ceiling. The Treasury Department has warned that if the debt ceiling isn't raised, Social Security payments could stop. So I want to cover what you need to know as this situation unfolds. And to help us understand all of this, I talked to David Stein. I followed David's work for a long time, and when I have a really tough question about how economic issues may affect my audience, I turn to him for help. And this federal debt is a complex topic that is often misreported in the media, and I can't think of a better person to help me untangle all of this than David. You can find him on his podcast, Money for the Rest of Us, which is one of the highest rated investing podcasts. And I'd also highly suggest you go and subscribe to his YouTube channel if you want to understand more about the markets and investing. There's a link in the description where you can find both of those. Here's my conversation with David. David, thank you so much for joining me today. Hey, it's great to be here. So let's just keep it broad for a moment. If they don't raise the debt ceiling, what happens? Uh, well, if they don't raise it, then the U.S. defaults on its its treasury bonds for the first time ever. And as Janet Yellen says, economic catastrophe, most likely, which is why I don't think that they'll actually go through with it. But that, that's what will happen because the U.S. Treasury would not have authority to issue new treasury bonds or treasury bills in order to pay interest on its existing obligations to redeem other bonds, to pay government workers and potentially Social Security, which we'll talk about. But huh. um, that's the ramifications. And to be clear, the issuance of these treasury bonds is how the federal government gets its money in, in excess of what they raise in revenue. That that difference between what they have coming in revenue and what they actually spend is the deficit, and that amount is financed through treasury bonds, right? Exactly. So the, the U.S. government, U.S. Treasury, has an account at the Federal Reserve in which it writes checks, sends out wires, and those get cleared through that account at the Federal Reserve, the central banker, central bank. And, you know, that they... The Treasury's been drawing down their account. It, it actually got to over a trillion dollars in assets. They've been drawing it down, but now to the point where it's gotten so low that they need to replenish the account. And the way you do that is either tax revenue or you issue more bonds. And since the government perpetually spends more than it takes in in revenue, it, issue, it issues bonds to effectively plug that gap. So then not only would it not be able to issue bonds to to plug that gap, but it also wouldn't be able to pay interest on the outstanding bonds that are out there right now, correct? Oh, correct. Because they, they just they just have the, they have the account at the at the Federal Reserve. Yeah. It's like it's like the checking account. Mm -hmm. We we have checking accounts at our commercial banks, credit unions. The the Treasury has a checking account at the Federal Reserve, and that's where all its payments clear. That's where it receives interest. If it well, it's where it pays out its interest on those bonds. So you don't think this is a very likely probability of this happening, but they are pushing this right up right up to the deadline. Uh, I think in the latest letter from Secretary Yellen, she suggested that we've got until October 18th somewhere in that time frame before her her uh, extraordinary measures are complete and there's nothing else she can do. And at that point, either the debt ceiling has to be raised or we've hit the debt ceiling and there's really nothing to be done. Exactly. And you know, the debt ceiling has been raised 78 times since 1962. It's always been 
bipartisan with Republicans and Democrats agreeing, voting on it. What's happening this time, or even under the Trump administration, the debt ceiling was raised three times. It was bipartisan, but the Senate Republicans are refusing to, at this point, to, to raise the debt ceiling. They they want the Democrats to do. The, the way that legislation works in the Senate is you need a supermajority procedurally for any particular legislation to go before the entire Senate for a floor vote. That that's and that's what we talked about the filibuster and things of that sort. So in order to because the Democrats only have. 50 seats, and then they can break ties with the vice president's vote. They need 10 Republicans to come on board in order to pass the the debt ceiling legislation. Now, there is a way around it, and that's kind of what Republicans are holding out for, a process that's called reconciliation. And this is based on uh, laws that were passed back in 1974, where if it's a, a revenue, a spending, or a debt ceiling issue, it can pass with a majority vote through this budget reconciliation process. It's just never been done before. And so Mitch McConnell is, is saying if the Democrats want debt ceiling to pass, that's how they're going to have to do it. But they've never done this without, you know, purely partisan debt ceiling vote. And and it is, I mean, it's politics. It's theatrics. The Economist magazine calls it uh, the bizarre spectacle where we're, we're shooting ourselves in the foot. And it's and it's a negotiating tactic. Yeah. And it's going at the same time. So that's the debt ceiling. So that those assets run out or the ability to issue, they'll run out of money in mid-October. But at the same time, the government's new fiscal year begins October 1st and Congress hasn't passed either a budget or a a, a, a ongoing spending amount to, to at least keep the government functioning. So we could actually see the government shut down on October 1st. And that's completely separate from the debt ceiling issue. Yeah. And, and I think what a lot of people, you know, as we start to move into a conversation on Social Security, I think that's where a lot of people may get confused because they look back, they're, they're hearing both of these things in the news. And they're looking back at some of these articles that, uh, you know, what happens to Social Security in a shutdown? Well, payments mm-hmm. generally continue to be paid out. But again, we have two separate issues in front of us. We have the shutdown and we have the debt ceiling that just happen to be going on relatively close at the same time. Well, exactly. And and it's not unusual not to pass a budget by September 30th, but they do what, what's known as a continuing resolution where the Basically, it just gives Congress, they pass the ability for the federal government to spend for several months until they can actually come together and pass a budget. But that that hasn't happened yet. And so that's the first deadline, midnight, September 30th. The next deadline, according to Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen, is the Treasury runs out of money somewhere around October 18th. So as we're looking at it now, that's the deadline. So David, I, I want to read you something if I could. There was a statement put out by the National Committee to Preserve Social Security and Medicare. I think I've got that right. Uh, where they made the statement that while Social Security trust funds hold $2.9 trillion in U.S. government securities, the Treasury Department must have cash to pay benefits when they are due. In October, the Treasury Department is required by law to make over $90 billion in payments to 65 million retirees, disabled workers, widows, widowers, children, and spouses who receive Social Security benefits. Now, this is the part that throws me a little bit. The Treasury may not have enough incoming revenue to make those payments without the authority to cash in these securities. Absent the legal authority to borrow beyond the current ceiling, Social Security, Medicare, Medicaid, and other payments will not be made unless Congress approves an increase in the debt limit. What are your thoughts? That, that's correct. So the Social Security Administration 
has been taking, the Social Security Administration has been taking in over its life, over 86 years, about $24 trillion. It's paid out $21 trillion. And so there's around a $3 trillion gap that they have been purchasing treasury obligations from the U.S. treasuries. But they're not publicly traded treasury bonds like you and I can buy. They're these special obligation bonds. And the the legislation says the Social Security Administration or the trust fund has to purchase these special obligation bonds. Under extreme circumstances, they can buy regular treasury bonds. And, and those extreme circumstances have been interpreted in an environment where the treasury market is selling off significantly. There's some distress. And so then so the trust fund can sort of step in as a buyer and support the market. But currently, the Social Security trust fund has no regular treasury bonds. They just have these special obligation bonds. And so if they haven't brought in enough tax revenue to make those payments, and they all, it all flows through the U.S. treasuries, then they need to redeem some of those bonds. And that's what they've been doing to make these payments. But the person, the, the entity that redeems the bonds that has the money is U.S. Treasury. And so if they have reached their their debt ceiling, they can't redeem those bonds. And so in that case, potentially social security benefits would not be paid, or at least not all of them. And so that's really the issue is the assets are there, but it's like having an asset and there's only one entity that can buy it from you and they don't have any money. And that's right. the situation we're seeing. Which is interesting because for years I've seen the comments in my YouTube channel where people have called these worthless IOUs. And we've always kind of poo-pooed those comments and said, no, these are obligations of the, uh, you know, the U.S. government. They're not worthless at all. But in an environment where you can't redeem those, they really don't have a whole lot of value for that brief period of time, at least, I suppose. Well, nor would any sure. U.S. government debt. I mean, it's backed right. by the U.S. government. And if U.S. government chooses to default on its obligation, then yes, it yeah. it's not worth what we thought it was. Now, I, again, I don't think, I don't see a, a situation where either party would be that stupid yeah. to not pass the, the debt ceiling. Now, what makes it so dangerous is, you know, there is a path that the Democrats could raise the debt ceiling through reconciliation. It's just never been done before. And so it's sort of a, a game of chicken. The Republicans are, are saying, no, this Democrats, you're, you're gonna have, this is how you're going to have to do it. And the Democrats are saying, we don't want to do it that way because that's not how it's been done before. And it will probably go until October 17th or, or right up to the wire. So hypothetically, the federal government still has revenues coming in. So they're not having to borrow everything. So they can make decisions about how to allocate those revenues that are coming in, potentially to, they could. to move that over to Social Security to say that we're going we're gonna to fill this gap in while we can't generate new debt necessarily uh, by redeeming these treasury bonds um, or to redeem these treasury bonds. We can move some of this revenue over to fill in this gap. Because I think right now the, could. the revenue from payroll taxes is around 90% of what's needed to pay out um, current benefits. So, you know, it would leave a relatively small uh, percentage. And, uh, you know, I would think that maybe there would be other areas that would get cut before Social Security. But in the scenario that she presented, where everything is equal and all dollars are spent equally just as they are now, then I can see the validity there where it wouldn't have enough money. Yeah, there's some choice. But I, I think before they pay Social Security benefits, they'll, they'll pay, they don't want to miss an interest payment on the existing debt. Yeah. Or the redemption on the existing debt because it is, they don't want to default on the debt. Right. But, but again, this is this is a circus. Yeah. They, they, we don't have to be here, and yet we are. And yet so here we are. It's all negotiations. And so, David, in your opinion, you think 
that uh, all of this is going to be avoided, even if it is at the 11th hour? I think so, but I'm not ruling it out. I mean, there has been a lot of things happened in the past four or five years that that I'd never thought would happen. <laughs> You're absolutely right. When it comes to uh, national government politics. So I, you can't rule it out. Yep. I think it would be incredibly harmful for for both parties if they let the U.S. default on its debt. I it, it and it'll be harmful f- to us as investors. You'll more than likely see you know the stock market sell off significantly. You could see a spike in interest rates that might not return to those levels that we've seen because up until now there's been a high degree of confidence that even if it's at the eleventh hour that the, the government would come through and meet its obligations. Yeah. So we'll see if if it happens this time. Well, we will keep watching this. And David, thank you so much for your analysis on this and helping us fill in some of these gaps. Oh, no problem. It's great to be here. All right. All right. Ultimately, I agree with David that neither political party is going to let the deadline get close and not raise the debt ceiling. But whatever happens, I'll be right here to keep you informed. And once again, I'd highly suggest you go out and subscribe to David's YouTube channel and his podcast. And again, there's a link for it down in the description. Thanks for listening.